amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, son. Right. You good money. You can hear me? I'm clear? Yeah, <clears> I can hear you. you All right. Bad, bad, bad. Watching on now. I'm about to mute myself. Let's get it cracking, man. It's, hey, PSA, before you, Yo. Before you Yo. start, if you need something, shoot me a text. I'm going to be outside working on this. You know, you know how we do. You know how we do. Right. PSA motherfucking hip hop man Saturday edition man the boys are back in the building three and Watson y'all already know man Watson was good what's good brother how are you I'm good brother man let's talk about the shit that we talk about on our Saturday shows man first topic Watson let's get into this man URL TV dot TV they finally released this summer madness match that was in London. We're talking about Tay Rock, Cave Gang versus Pat Stay, Sucker Free Boss. Some people will say it's the face of King of the Dot against the face of URL. Would you agree with that? Or is that disaster? Um, I I, I didn't look at it that way. <laughs> I didn't look at it that way. I I know yeah. uh, Tay Rock is the the face of URL, but I didn't, I wasn't thinking of it in that terms. Yeah, that's the URL versus King of the Dot. Let's call it what it is. It's Pat State's first battle on URL. You know what I'm saying? But something that I want to point out, and kudos to you and props to you, because there was something, if y'all remember listening to me and Watson, when we broke down this battle when it got announced, Watson had said, because not going to know the love and the reception that he's going to get when he touches that London stage. And my nigga, you were absolutely 100% right on this. When that boy touched that stage, fam, it was pandemonium. I don't even think he believed that, Watson. You believe that, but I believe you believe that more than Tay Rock. What do you think? One of the things about Tay Rock is Tay Rock always undervalued his career and his standings. He always felt like he was striving to get to a higher plane. It's like he never fully believed he was on the on the MOOC, T-Rex, you know, Hitman Holler right. 
It's like he always felt he's climbing that ladder to get to where they were. And it's like he, he kept that mentality for some reason. Like when you became the face of URL, he damn near became the face of battle rap, but did not understand that that meant he was the worldwide face of battle rap. You know what I'm saying? He was thinking local. I knew when he went to um, anywhere battle rap is big, anywhere, K-Rock will get extreme love. But I don't think he appreciated that until he went to um, London. I agree with that, Washington. Um, he said when he battled Sharon, he already knew he was going to battle Pat. Um, the Pat on his back line, I thought that was tough. And then I, it's not like Rock changed up his flow. And then we obviously did change up his flow in this battle to adapt to the London crowd. The London crowd. And it's something you just said also that he didn't appreciate or know that he was going to get that love. Do you think now in hindsight, looking at it, that he would have, he would have stuck to his way he does and not try to please the crowd that he think might not appreciate his gun bars? Because not to fast forward this third round real quick, but in the beginning of his third round, and we'll talk about that in a minute, he stated, um, enough of the jokes and let me get to the gun bars and niggas lost their fucking mind. Do you think T-Rock, if he could take it back, he would have just done him and not try to please. No, not at all. Not at all. Tayrock had a perfect first round. Not at all. He brought the gun bars. He brought everything to this battle. So that, that wasn't the issue. That wasn't the issue at all. He knows where he fucked up in this battle and it had nothing to do with the gun bars. Um, today you battling for a black man. Just so we clear, the white man must not be treating you right if you over here. Um, do know you wouldn't be over here if it wasn't for me. I told Smack, bring this dummy to me. You said I took you in this wrong place. This looked like London to me. Like even his flow, like little jokes and the pausing and, 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 and the cadence in his bars was a different rock in my opinion. Um, talked about his views versus Hollow with Don is greater than Pat's battle that Pat had with Hollow. Um I take a razor. Let me pause it right there. Let me pause. Let me pause it right there. Let me pause it right there. Talk to me. That that mentality is a. um, I think that's a failed battle rapper mentality. I got more views than you because if we go on that, you know, oxymoron and disaster could run around like I'm the goat because I get more views, and they they basically still go by that because my battle may have more views, therefore it's better than you. And in battle rap, that's not true. Some of the best battles Agreed. don't have the most views. And Agreed. I just feel like that that's a hood street mentality where I got the most, therefore if I have the most, I'm the best. So that's I just want to highlight that. Well, I guess for a battle rapper, they will look at it that way, but as us as fans, and you and, you and I will do a show here and talk about battle rap, we look at it totally different from the lens of a battle rapper, but I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I take a razor, cut through his bone till I break his finger, run his head through a through a um, wall like I'm doing a Kamehameha. Niggas lost their mind when he said that. Um, talked about Pat shirts, the medium line, that was solid. Um, the don't he look like angle, I thought that was dope from Tay Rock. The Pat Stay Impersonation was cool. 
the Patriots home field pack stadium lineup, but that was fire also. Um, if Pat play with him, a bat swinging him, and give him a crack cranium, the gap banging, banging him, extended clip from the Mac dangling, or I hit him with a knife until the point break, I pass Swayzeum. I thought that was one of T-Rock's fire lines in the first round. Um, the under rock Patrick line was cool. Um, he did the crackhead angle. The um, six-pack Heineken line was funny. Um, when Rock said the line about Pat's son or mama, Pat looked a little bit heated. Or like, oh, oh, we're talking about kids now? If you look at it now, T-Rock didn't really, did not insult his son at all. You know what I'm saying? He said, you're a big bitch. And your son, that's the type of shit I say to your mama. Um, the spatula line was okay. What do you think about T-Rock's first round, Watson? Talk to me. I thought T-Rock's first round was the best first round of his uh, of his battle. I thought it was I thought it was a legendary first round. Legendary? legendary? I thought it was legendary. I thought it was a legendary first round. And it was legendary because how enthusiastic and energetic the crowd was. I thought Tay Rock was was in rare form. You know, he wasn't gun barking, and he was just hitting Pat with, you know, battle rap excellence as far as I'm concerned. So to me, that was a legendary first round from Tay Rock. I don't think it was legendary. No shade to Rock, but I wouldn't say legendary, but I respect your opinion, but I wouldn't say legendary. For me, I didn't feel it was legendary uh, like that. Um, round one, Pat stayed. Uh, Pat sets it off with your um, you're in three different battle rap group gangs. I bet your mother worried sick. Um, fuck the jokes. Let's get the guns. Um, back in England, same connect, just a different plug. I did like that. The um, Temple punchline was cool. Um, the cooking saute line was solid, but we've heard saute also from um, Sue Surf when he battled um, Tay Rock. Um, the Ace Ventura line was okay. I don't really want the Ace Ventura bars in 2018-19. Um, the Sandal Flops line was cool. I didn't like when Pat said, I am not Pat Stay. Yeah, you goddamn right. You said that shit and got shoved all the wrong damn night. I did like that, obviously, talking about battle um, Calico. Um, you all bark, no bite. Get rock so hyped. You might get mad. And throw his hat, almost fight. Uh, the unnecessary close angle was solid. The rump nitty angle was okay. Uh, Pat was basically saying, Watson, rock, you run your mouth a lot, but you don't do shit. Um, street cred talk, Pat was saying when he said, you just feel you have to please them. You know, you got to put this image on to please the, the, the crowd and all that, please people on social media and all that. Um Pat addressed that um, if this battle, you know, was to be judged about who really smokes crack, it would be Tay Rock. What do you think about Pat's first round, Watson? I thought it was a solid first round. I thought it was a very solid first round. I I laughed at some of the stuff he was saying. Uh, he had he had a lot of truth to it. He showed that he followed uh, Tay Rock's career. You always wanted to know right. what he thought about I am not Pat Stay. Because that was a big moment because he kept screaming, I am not Pat Stay, because the infamous Calico funny Pat Stay, like just taking his heart. 
So he, he wanted to be like, I'm not Pasté, but Pasté highlighted, yeah. But Calico was moving you around like you like his checkers, you know what I'm saying? So I, I found that I found that hilarious. But um it was a solid first round from uh Pat State, but it was not better than Rock's first round. Rock is up one oh. Agree. Um round two Tay Rock. Um you wanna know what rhymes with Pat Stay? That's gay. Obviously, that's a spinoff to where a lot of um, King of the God Battle Rappers say and all that. Um, talking about Pat battling transgender, you have no shame. Get it? No shame. Obviously, Pat State battled no shame. He was a transgender battler. And you know what's funny about no shame? Me, when I was like, with me, Angry Fan and Timbo, we actually interviewed no shame when, when I was over there years ago. Back, if you remember that and all that. Leave the handle there. Um, I, I, remember. Back into past I remember when y'all did. Remember that? Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, went back into Pat smoking crack angle. Um, suck hollow hollow hand off when you want it white. Um, get cracked in front of your kids line. Um, the pretty pretty please with crack on the top was cool. Um, beat his wife in his wife beater line. I didn't really like that too much rock. Um, this ain't your first time on smack. You've been using needles. Um, the can of Coke, can of the dry line was tough. The line of white credit card line was tough also. A lot of crackhead junkie talk in the second round. I thought Tay Rock's second round was kind of light to me. And I mean that light. Uh, it was it was not as good as his first round. There was a, a, a big time letdown. In terms of the not the energy, but just the the subject matter, his bars was not as potent as his first round. So to me, I felt this was a round that was beatable because it was not as good as his first. Are we cool with battle rappers taking a stigma against their opponent? Like their opponent has a stigma, whether it's like you know, right? We know Pat Stay crack it. Everybody seems to go that angle when they battle Pat Stay. Are you cool with a battle rapper taking ninety percent of their material for a round, just attacking that? Yes, I am. But when you do that, it highlights who's great at this pen with with a subject matter angle, who's not. For example, will you agree with me that Cortez's round against Hollahan was better than Tayrock's round against Pastel? <laughs> yes, I, yes. When you say Cortez, that's a fact. Really so that, so that in itself highlights how you can get clear differences in battle rap when battle rappers do angles. So there's no problem with a battle rapper doing it. But if you don't do it right, for example, uh, Math Hoffa used that angle against Show Off with Gay, but it was awful. It was bad. You gay, nigga. You gay. Like, no, that don't work. And um, Tabak, you smoke crack? You crackhead. It's the first time you on smack. Very basic bars. Very basic. So this was the not delivered. The pen wasn't bleeding in this round. Let me say that. It wasn't bleeding at all. Um, What's up with rocking these second rounds? Because he's infamous for having these second rounds. And I feel like the last couple of battles, whether it's against Goods or even Hitman and not Pat, the second rounds don't really be impactful like that like they used to be. 
Or is it we're, we're just focusing too much on the second round? Maybe as battle rap fans, we're focusing on that too much. I don't know. Um, round two, Pat Stay rebuttal the tranny line, but it did not hit to me, Watson. Talked about Rock's lifestyle, being raised with both his parents, you know, knockoff Eminem line, of course. The Rock House was lit line was okay. Um, I like Pat's jokes more in the second round compared to his first round. Made fun of Rock when he battled goods and didn't mention his daughter, but attacked his family, trying to say you're a sucker for doing that. You want to, you know, you want to act like he was going to attack his daughter, but then you just threw his family in there because you know she could have went left type talk. Um, Pat even noticed Rock switches style up to adapt to the crowd, saying, this isn't you. Um, the daddy little angel line is with, obviously, the battle went left, Watson. Then Pat hit him with almost fight line. What do you think about after Pat said that the little angel line, how shit went left right after that? I thought that was unprofessional of Tay Rock, and I thought he completely, completely, in my opinion, ruined the battle. It's ruined the battle. Everyone Tay Rock is emotional, and Tay Rock, Tay Rock is too. This was just uncalled for, man. It was uncalled for. He took the energy away from Pat Stay. He just would not stop. Pat Stay kept apologizing. I mean, I don't want to see that in Battle Rap, man. We just apologize enough for the rest of the battle. Right. I ain't going to say that, man. Like, that, like him doing that, 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 just, that ruined the battle for me, man. You know what I'm saying? And, yes, Pat Stay won this round. First of all, he got you all in your feelings all in your feelings, and just had you completely lose everything, man. It was just it was a bad look for battle rap, man, with with, with, with Tay Rock acting like that, man. You know, I can't get punked by no white boy. I can't. Like, it was such a fucked up mentality he had. You know, like, I can't let no big, scary white boy play me in front of, like, nobody was looking at it that way, man. Like, it just was, it was very unprofessional on Rock the way he acted. Sorry, that's that's why I looked at it. I was very disappointed. And 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 Pat oh, Stay played on that. He gave Pat Stay so much rebuttal and freestyle material. Pat Stay clear won the second round. Before we go into Rock's um round here, the nightstick line that Pat Stay said, people thought Pat was being that was a racist line. Because, you know, brothers game with a nightstick and a white guy telling a brother gay with a nightstick. In your opinion, was that racially toned? Was there any racial tone in your opinion? No. I don't think so. Or what do you think? No, not at all. Not at all. Pat State Pat State, State battles black guys all the time. He goes out of his way. White rappers go out of their way not to be racist, with the exception of sometimes mm. when disaster really tries to see how far he can go. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, round three, Team Rock. Rock said, enough of the jokes. It's gun bar time. Um, the steering wheel line was cool. The battery charge line was okay. The arm wrestling line was cold. Um, the football, Wayne Moody line was solid. Uh, Rock forgot his rhymes for the first time. Like, watching this shit live, and then revisiting it again, to see Rock to get his rhymes. We've never seen that. He held his, you know, it's one thing about Rock that we always put on his resume. He, he always, he, he comes into battles, never chokes, never stumbles, and gives us rounds. To see Tay Rock 
in that type of um, mind frame, your thoughts were? That was Tayrock's. That was a self-inflicting wound on Tayrock's part. He worked him such into such a frenzy that he just he he took it. He went left, man. Tayrock just lost his mind, man. Complete. Think about this. Tayrock never, ever, ever chokes under any circumstances. We've been watching this man battle since he battled Goods in '08 or '09, right? And he's never forgotten his bars. Clips, yeah, 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 clips, clips. He's never forgotten his bars. And then all of a sudden he forgets his bars. It was just shocking to see. Yeah, it was shocking. Like that's the last thing you can do. It's like Goods choking. You you will be shocked if you see Goods stop and be like, damn, DNA, DNA, somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, man. And 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 that's when you knew that Tay Rock still hadn't fully recovered from, you know, second that round. breakdown in the second round. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So he, I mean, choking like that and that, 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 uh, that third man, that's, it's difficult to win. But a he battle. choked twice though, Watson. He, he choked like first time. I know. He choked, he choked one time and then he did a pathological liar line that was fire. Then he fucked up again. You know what I'm saying? Then he went into the double decker line, which I thought was cool. You know what I mean? Um, overall, I thought it was not a great round. You know what I'm saying? This, my was, opinion. A, 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 this, this was not a great round, man. This was not a great round. You got to understand how stunning it is. And then when you recover, when you recover, when you reco- recover from a choke is not easy to do, especially when you, no right. one expects it and the whole crowd is like in shock. So, yeah, this was this was not a strong round again. Once again, by default, you, all Pate has to do is get through his round, and he won. That's the bad part about when you have rounds like yeah. this. All he has to yeah. do is wrap a lackluster round with no mess-ups, and you're still going to win the round. Uh, when Pat said in the third round, why you hold a gun a certain way, you know, he said, why you hold a gun, why you hold your gun like this, that's how you hold your weapon with a close connection. Explains why your rounds have no direction. I get the most selection, the vocal presence. The end is the roasting sessions, that control aggression. I'm about to put rock on my stone collection. I liked all that talk Pat was doing in, in, in the third round. Um, I thought Pat was styling on rock also watching in this round. I thought Pat was kind of styling on him a little bit. Um, I don't smoke the rock. I just built like him. Um, that was cool. The table on context line was crazy. Um, dragged on them tools, dragged on them, on them toolbars. That was something you can't undo. Trying to say that all Team Rock does is have gun bar this, gun bar that. And he said dragged on them toolbars. That was something you can't undo. Like that's all you have. You can't get, you can't go for a different style now because that's what people just appreciate you for. I thought I was a slept on line from, um, Bad State. The Hitman angle was dope. You know what I'm saying? The Rock Face, my Rushmore line was solid. The Rock Paper Scissors line, I liked also Watson. I got I got Pat State 2-1, bro. Pat State with a clear 2-1. Clear 2-1. Clear as day. Um, you, you, you play yourself, you insult yourself if you say Rock won this battle. People are saying that, Watson. People are saying I, this. I know that. I know that. And, and the people who are saying that 
we're going to give this battle to Rock no matter what happens. Me and you just highlighted why Rock did not win this battle. You can't even make a case that Rock won this. K-Rock fans are so entrenched, and I'm one of them. I'm the number one K-Rock fan and supporter because I'm the one who That's goes back to and say K-Rock was that dude. I'm telling you right now, K-Rock You're the one of the biggest Rock fans I know. This Clear, K-Rock clearly lost this battle, and, and you can't even make a case that he won. This was a bad showing by K-Rock. Clear to one, sucker free, both. Yeah, two one pat man. I got two one pat man. I agree with that man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let's keep it moving, man. Watching today is March 9th, 2019, sir. What does March 9th, 1997, mean to you, sir? It's one of the most important days in hip-hop because, in my opinion, it literally changed the face of hip-hop for the next 20 years. It changed where hip-hop was going to go. It just changed everything about hip-hop. Hip-hop changed, and it changed for the worst. It was not a good thing. Uh, the death of Biggie was the one of the worst things to ever happened to hip-hop, and because it was just over, because of the reasons why he died, it just—it was just a horrible, horrible event in hip-hop, and in my opinion, hip-hop itself as a culture never recovered from the death of Big, never. Do you get on people when they only want to take March 9th to tweet out Biggie songs and want to want to Talk Biggie. I mean, it's good that we do that, and we should celebrate. Don't get me wrong. But do you get that people that just want to pick just that day? Or maybe that's just a day. We pick that day as a festive day to have remembrance of Big, so to speak. Well, they always talk about his birthday in May. and um, But, no, I don't, I don't have a problem with it because the hip-hop fans, like for real fans, not the, young, I gotta, not the younger generation, they just don't know. They really do not know. I don't care about, oh, I had an older brother. I had an older this. Wow. Sometimes that talk ain't, it's, it's not true talk. They throw that in there to try to justify, but they really don't know. So I don't blame them. Um, but older people. Is that, wait, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you giving us in the building talk? <laughs> right, saying that? No, I'm not, I'm, no I'm, I'm not giving us in the building talk. I'm just saying that, you know, you guys will never appreciate how great Biggie was. No, you're right. This is in the building talk. You'll never understand if he wasn't in the building. You just won't. You know, it's an experience. You had to be alive and know what he was, what he meant to hip-hop while he was alive during his run. You know what I'm saying? And and everybody was alive during this time. Pun, Big L, Pac, Nas, everybody was alive. So you were judging him with um, against his peers of all the great MCs who were all great. So you know it's it, it yeah. his death is um is is something that I I just I hate it I because I believe hip hop hip hop hip hop sucked man that's why it sucked. Let me ask you this. Do you remember where you where you were when you were a big pastor? Yes. 
you know what's so funny? I was at my grandmother's house, and my father called me. He said, yo, they got big. Pop dukes? Yeah. And I said, yo, what are you talking about? And he was the first person to tell me. He literally called me on the phone and said, yo, they got big. After that, let me tell you this. Everybody on earth who I knew called me because everybody knew how much of a big fan I was and how much of a hip-hop fan I was. Everybody on the planet Earth who knew me called me and wanted to get my take on it because everybody knew how much of a big fan I was because I was the dude when Big was making them tapes and dubbing them and it was all around Bed-Stuy. I was one of those dudes who had that Bed-Stuy tape that he was dubbing copies of, and I was dubbing copies of it and giving it to the whole block. And we was playing Ready to Die before Ready to Die came out. So it was serious. Like I was telling everybody, remember how remember how we did our fifty appreciation? We said fifty's coming. Yeah. We knew big was coming. We yeah, knew big was coming, man. Like it was just whenever the album dropped, but we knew he was coming and he was dead nice. Is it almost like big had an epiphany, like when you name your albums Ready to Die and Life After Death? Is it almost because correct me if I'm wrong, Watson? He died on March 9th, and, re- and Life After Death dropped, what, March 25th, I want to say? Two weeks after, right? Uh-huh. Is it almost like Biggie knew that? Because he was paranoid. Let's keep it real. I mean, maybe at the time we didn't look at it that way, but now as me and you are older now, even though we were 20-something around our age, but as we're mature and older men now, you know what I'm saying? No, Do you no, think we no, look at it now like, yo, the nigga... Cause remember he did the remember he did the um I'll be paranoid and shit was it the more money more problems, um video, or was it the show when he was talking about that he was he was getting in depth when I wake up every day every day paranoid and all that. So here's you know what I, think. I don't think I, I don't think Biggie appreciated Biggie was my age man he was 24 years old man same age as me he was born the same year he didn't understand the gravity of hip hop. A lot of young dudes in hip hop, they're in the moment, so they don't know that they every day they're making music, they're making history. Um, if he was paranoid and understood, he would have never been in L.A. He would have never, ever, ever been in L.A. Nobody beefs or has beef with any area and says, "Yo, I'm gonna play the block, I'm gonna play the project, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play area where." They love somebody, and I'm just gonna be there. And I'm, you know, he. So he did. I he had no idea he was gonna be killed because it's, it's. You know what paranoid is? It's when Fifty was running around with bulletproof vests on, with a security yeah. detail, everybody Shout around him. Queens, like yeah. that, that, that's like yeah. him knowing I'm. I want to yeah. be safe. Like I don't want to take no chances. Mm-hmm. With, uh, Biggie could not have felt that way. You riding around, you not bulletproof up, chilling you all in L.A. <clears throat> nah, but this. I want to piggyback on what you said. I think, and I will use the word paranoid a little bit more, Watson, when Pac passed away. I think when Pac passed away, Biggie must have felt, I don't I don't think Biggie, I think Biggie must have, I think Biggie felt like, yo, the West Coast is going to look at me having something to do with that in the sense of because of the Quad Studio shit. Like, they, they never, they never forgive them. They still, to this day, well, not, I don't know how they still to this day in 2019, but that Quad Studio shit was real. And I agree, and that is why, for the life of me, if I ever interview Diddy, while we are recording that mm. album in Los Angeles, what was the purpose? You got D&D Studio here. You got a goddamn fucking studio in New York City. Why yeah. are you recording 
Life After Death in L.A., and Biggie's out there for a month. He's doing interviews. He's talking about, he's telling Joe Claire, I'm going to be out here forever and ever and ever and ever. That intense people. They love that Joe Claire interview. They thought you had something to do with it. And Biggie and Puffy, they just thought it was okay to be out there. The death of Pac was still raw. It was raw. Yeah. Even Biggie September was raw. 96. Biggie we're talking September. We're talking September 96. It's not even six months. Six months then Biggie passed away. So niggas ain't even give it a year or two to let shit breathe down a little bit, Watson. You feel me? Biggie, Biggie and Diddy. It was the greatest. I just can't believe there was nobody. Could you imagine if I'm big, man? And Biggie's like, yo, I'm going to do shoot my student in L.A. I'm like, my nigga, under no circumstances are you going out there. Are you fucking crazy? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's real talk. Everybody involved who knew him to stop it from happening. And the fact that they just, I mean, that just made no sense, man. That made no but, sense. But you know what, though? Biggie and Biggie kept saying, I'm, you know, I'm out here. I'm trying to show my face. I'm not hiding and all that. I was, some people look at it like, yo, you're not hiding. or oh, really? You know what I'm saying? And I don't think Big put the, you know, he did 10 Crack Commandments, but he should have done street rules. Like, he didn't really have his what? hood, hood, his hood, his hood, his hood light on. You know what I'm saying? He completely violated that whole street rule. He forgot. He, he forgot how to be militant. He forgot to be militant for a minute, Watson. You know what I'm saying? But but I'm 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 saying him and Diddy equally, man. Whoever is his team, all of them, sees all y'all dudes. Y'all out there, man, just living it up, living life. When you had an entire state coast in the deep morning, Biggie said it in his last interviews. He'd be like, I know how much they love Pac. I'm out here. I hear it every day. Yep, he did say that. My nigga, there was so much hatred towards Biggie because if you just think about how he died. Imagine niggas is scheming on him. You know how coordinated this had to be for this to happen? You, it's like you have to plan this to do it. This isn't random. You literally have to be like, okay, the nigga's still here. He ain't leave yet. Then you have to follow him while he leaves. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it has to be yeah. coordinated. But, that means these niggas wanted to get him. You know what I'm saying? So we, also knew, we, also, we also heard the stories about E-40, remember? About E forty running up on big and all that. Well, no, E forty niggas running up on big, and then they call E forty and shit. You know what I'm saying? E forty and big had a conversation. A guy and he was like, "Yo, let him, let him live and shit." So big, like when you hear shit like that, I don't think I'm gonna be moving like that though, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna tell you, I remember I'm a, what. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. Go ahead. Big should not have gone to the West Coast for at least a year. You let you let uh, life after death rock. You let life have that rock, and you and while you're out there, you keep letting it be known. You keep talking to the people. Um, you know, you keep giving pockets props. You know, because remember, Snoop yeah. and them did not come over to New York for a minute after that. Like they, they, they at, well, after well, hold on, down. after they try to pull the um New York, New York video. And, you know, we know the situation with that. You know what I'm saying? Fire, shots is fired and all that. We know the story with that. But yeah. You know, I don't know, man. I remember where so, I was at when Big passed away, though, man. I was with my niggas. And niggas, you just, um, I remember it was, I want to say it was MTV News, my nigga, at the time. I want to say it was Kurt, what was it, Kurt Loder, whatever his name was at the time. 
and Tabitha Sean and the motherfuckers at MTV. That's where I got the news at. And my nigga, I was rolling up a spliff, true story. And I just dropped that shit. And niggas was on the block just like, I literally seen grown-ass niggas dropping tears, my nigga. I'm going to keep it tall. And niggas playing ready to die for like three to four hours. That's all they kept doing. Sipping liquor and rolling splits up. And every five minutes, you hear niggas looking at you like, yo, son. It's like the more liquor you took, the more splits you took from the from the trees, it just reality started to set in even more. Like, yo, we just lost big, my nigga. You know what I mean? So, man. Oh, crazy, bro. Crazy, man. What's Big's legacy, though? Uh, one of the greatest, most influential rappers. See, here's another thing. Um, remember when we did a, a prodigy appreciation before he died? When we did Mob Deep appreciation? So he like died that like shit, remember? Yeah. yeah. What that was was we appreciated and listen to Mob Deep while they were alive. Prodigy did not have to pass away for us to have given him full full, full respect. And it was the same thing with Big. Big, while Big was alive, man, even though Big had beef with, like, other people, I'm just talking about me and you as hip-hop parents, we yeah. knew Big was dead nice, and he was appreciated while he was here. From Supercat, I love it when they call me Big Pop, but Big Bob, Park Bob, and bullshit, like, we've been on it. And it wasn't like we didn't appreciate it. At that point, we was like, this is that nigga. We knew it. Pac knew it. Mm. I saw Pac was like, yo, this dude right here, I got to meet him. You know what I'm saying? So mm. uh, Big Big's Legacy is one of the great, one of the one of the all-time great rappers to come from New York City. Mm. Top three, your top three favorite Biggie songs? Uh, off the top. I would say um, Long Kiss Goodnight. Agree. Who Shot Ya and Warning. Warning, really? Okay. I would say kiss, Long Kiss Goodnight. Um, I was I love Ten Cat Commandments, man. I love, you know, I'm a former street dude. <laughs> I love Ten Cat Commandments. Bobby Smurdy, you should have listened to um, Crack Commandment number eight, man. Never hold jumps on you. The niggas that roll can hold jumps too. Yeah, you should have you should have listened to that line, Bobby Schmurder. Neither hand nor there. You also tax stone, you should have listened to a couple of lines on um Ten Crack Commandments. Neither hand nor there either. Um Somebody's got that I like ah niggas beef just like us. I love niggas. Ah. Oh, you're nobody because somebody kills you. I love that joint, son. I love that song, man. And can we keep it real? That when Big came to Watson, that the West Coast had shit on Lizzie, and that big, it wasn't Nas. Can we that was big? Huh? Big, big, big brought the East Coast back. It was big. Big did it. Big did it. Big brought the East Coast back. There's no question about it. West Coast had this shit in the chokehold, man. The the hip hop game was G Funk and Snoop, yeah. without question. You know what I'm saying? Tell us about the vibe. Tell us about the vibes in Brooklyn, man. The next day, man. The whole week, remember? Living in New York City, and just when Big passed away, and it, it, it was, the funeral, was driving him down Bed Stuy and all I, that. I remember. I remember turning on Hot 97, and, and, and Ed Lover is taking interviews, and he has Bismarcky call up, and Bismarcky just sounds so dumb. I'll never forget it. Bismarcky was like, 
don't know why he dead. Everybody get money, y'all think? So then they was like, all right, That's all right, all right bitch. It's too. not about that biz, and then they had to let biz go. Oh, something I appreciated, I appreciated. Ice-T called it, and Ice-T said, we are not for this. We do, this is, I don't want people thinking, you know, Biggie had love on the West Coast. This is Ice-T. People liked his music, and Ice-T was really doing a real salute to Big. Like, don't think we up here celebrate. This is what Ice-T said. I remember when he called up. I remember when Ed Lover did a show of remembering, and he had, um, Buster Rhymes come up there. And uh, basically for that whole week in New York, man, it was every rapper who knew Big would just come up and tell their big stories. You know what I'm saying? Wow. They even got his funeral on um, YouTube. I don't know if you ever saw that. Like, not not inside the funeral. Uh, Of course I saw it. My co-workers were there, outside. Word. From Waverly Ave. And that shit is so sad when you see um Mary J. Blige, Little Kim, Buster, mad niggas out there, son, Q tip. Mace broke down like a motherfucker. I ain't even gonna front, yo. Mace broke down, son. Like you see niggas outside chilling on the block, man. Little Caesar like he ain't sleeping like months, my nigga. Well, I'll tell you something. That I showed you on the way when they had the fun- when they when they had the funeral in Manhattan because Cloud Davis went to it, so they had to put it in a w- a place that wasn't Brooklyn. So I was like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm. When they was uh, when they were celebrating bass music on Fulton Street and everybody was out there, to me that was the real, the real love. You know what I'm saying? That was just everybody coming mm. out from the block, from Washington Avenue, Waverly, St. James. Like, that was his hood. Uh, Clinton and Washington, and everybody was out there, you know, celebrating his music. To me that was the real authentic uh, celebration. I thought it was sad that Charlie Baltimore had to stay in the field and, and – Outside, she couldn't go in there. I mean, that was and that was like so whack because that was his girl. Yeah, that was whack. Literally, they should have. That was that whack. Was that was terrible. She couldn't go in there because Lil Kim was gonna have a fit, and because Faith was gonna have a fit. That wasn't the reality. Was Charlie Baltimore was big girl, man? You know, Charlie. Yeah, Baltimore, she should have been allowed to say goodbye. Charlie Baltimore can give you the real best big stories you're ever gonna get about the last year of his life. Let's just be clear. She was the one over him. Kim, over Kim, and over, over Faith. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was that in itself was fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, the whole the whole, biggest death was just fucked up, man. And is it fucked up that it took Big's death to stop the East Coast West Coast shit? You know what I'm saying? Uh, it it is. took Big and Pop dying. You literally took out the two yeah. main top MCs. Of, I mean, just, ima- just imagine. Okay, so I'm gonna say to you, young dudes. Just imagine, young dudes, if Kendrick and J. Cole decided to have their beef, and then they both were taken out at the height of their career, where they only got two albums in, they were getting ready, they were getting ready to go into bigger and better things, and then it's just wiped out. Like, like it's that seems like a, a, a brand new generation of greatness of hip hop of where hip hop could have gone was just extinguished. One dude is twenty five, the other dude is twenty four. It was it, it, it just it it, it, it devastated hip hop. Here's why it devastated hip hop because you don't get that creativity. You know, prodigies yeah. and geniuses don't get recreated. You don't do Picasso over and over again. Nope. You you don't get nope. that. And when you lose them, 
they're never replaced. So when great MCs like a big pun, a big L, a big, you know, epoch in terms of everything he brought to it, right. th- th- that never gets replaced. So, you know. Word, man. R.I.P., man. B.I. motherfucking G, man. Also, me and Watson, we also always talk about Uncle Murder. The fact that it seemed like he kept Big's name alive through music and interviews, especially with the music. I mean, I know Jay, Jay, Jay did also, but Uncle Murder is very, he doesn't get talked about enough. But Uncle Murder is also shit like, fuck you niggas that ain't get killed big. Like, Uncle Murder don't give a fuck. He still kept that shit running, though. I ain't going for it. One of the things why I fell in love with Uncle Murder, fell in love, paused with Uncle Murder, was not only that he did the grimiest street hip-hop that I, I had heard up until that point. Like, I thought it was even more more hood than 50s. Like, I'm not uh, saying it was lyrically uh, better, but I'm not, right. I'm not saying it was lyrically better, okay? But it was more I know grimy and gutter I know the way mean. he was doing it. You know, can't know what I mean? Talk. I know. <laughs> Pink House Talk, Cyber Cell Talk, man. He was, like, <laughs> he's not talking house talk. He's talking notorious yeah. LPJs. He's, he's, he lived the book with him, but I don't want to sidetrack. What I liked about Uncle Murder so much was that Uncle Murder tapped into a way that I always felt. Mm-hmm. I, as when Pac died, the repercussions of Pac's death, let me give you the repercussions, one major repercussion. Big died. That's one repercussion, all right? But outside of Big, mm-hmm. a lot of people we don't know about died. They got killed. Yeah, yeah a lot of I niggas lot. I mean, from the West Coast and the East Coast. Yeah. There was major yep. repercussions on major. Mm-hmm. Like major. People died. When Big got killed, right. let's piece it up. Peace talk. We are the world. Unity. We'll that always love Big Papa. Locks. Oh, that I will say this before we wrap it up here. I wish Big would have had more music in his stash, almost equivalent to Tupac. Like, Tupac, like, stayed in the lab, Big. You know what I'm saying? I think Big was doing music right then for his albums. Like, Big was in the studio, niggas, after a while. Like, I don't think Big had to stay in the studio. I mean, he did. He had joints here and there, but I'm just saying, you know, they tried to give us Born Again. Uh, Dead Wrong was my shit, but, you know, it is what it is, man. R.I.P. B.I. motherfucking G, man. March 9th, man. The Cannabis Voice. They say the greatest rapper of all time. Died on March 9th, man. That's what it is. All right, my nigga. We're going to Brooklyn, man. We're going to Marcy Projects, man. Marcy, man. You know how much I love Marcy me on 444. Watson always teases me and gets at me. So love it, Marcy me. But that's one of my favorite songs on 444. Neither here nor there, man. I say Jigga Man S. Sean Corey Carter. The Reasonable Doubt album, my nigga, 1996, like a block, like a fella. You say what, my G? So I turned the league out with Reasonable Doubt. Put your CDs out. Let's go, Let's go song, song for song. song nigga. I'm the illest nigga doing it till I'm proving you wrong. And right now, we're going to go song for song with whole... Jigga Man, Sean Carter, with his least-selling, least-commercial album. Wait a minute. Reasonable Doubt. 
should have went platinum. Like the old voice, man. Old voice. You know, the, 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 should have went triple. This is where this is where reasonable doubt um, has taken a life of its own. If someone says, "What's the least successful Jay Z album?" It's reasonable doubt. Just like Illmatic was Nas's. Like mm-hmm. the, the the albums that people considered their greatest were the ones that everybody did not really know about. But me and three was because we was in the building, they won't be copied and had it. <laughs> but let's be so real. Now we're gonna give y'all the real but let's be real. Who was in a crossfire because in ninety six, my nigga, the anticipation for nah It was written. It was written. It was, was and bigger, hold on. Way bigger. When did Snoop when did Snoop drop Dogfather? What year was that? After it was the same year, but it was after. Yeah, it was. It was, it was 90, remember, but those. But I'm saying, Snoop. I'm not saying Dogfather was a good album, but the anticipation was Snoop's second album was Dogfather, and and yeah, it was big. But it was written much, much greater than. Jay was even at the table. Reasonable doubt mm-hmm. was an album that came out, and it was a local New York hardcore hip hop album. That's a fact. Okay, niggas was playing the Fugees. Niggas was playing Ghostface Killer, um, Iron Lost Man album, Boys. Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. Yeah, son, facts. Facts. So it wasn't like niggas was anticipated for whole album and all that. But No, no. Let's do what we... It was local. It was local. It was local. Yeah. Me and you, we Brooklyn, so how? We, of course we knew. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We, yeah. we knew what time it was, but, you know. Yeah. But this Let's is go song for song, man. It means it means everything to him. This is the album that means everything. So first, before we go, let me ask you: Did, did you buy this on cassette or CD? See, I'm still buying cassette in '96. Dudes, while we were buying, <laughs> while we found albums on cassette, when CDs existed, CDs existed. Yo, so my nigga, I was it was cassette. it was hard for me to merge, man. It was like I'm so used to buying tapes since the '80s, right? So it was just hard for me to transform to that. It took me a while, my nigga. Son, I was still buying tapes in 98. I'm going to keep you... I bought uh, most stuff. Black, um, no, I bought Black Star. <laughs> I bought Black Star from, on tape. But I was still buying shit like that on tape. So it was really hard for me to make that transition and be like, you know what? Let me go from tape. And I think it just got tired of me losing my tape or breaking my tape. And the tape popped. I started, like, after a while, all right, man, let me just start going to CDs and all that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Did you buy the tape for the CD? I tweeted out a picture of the tape mm-hmm. that I have, and I I took the I took out the inside so you could see the track listing uh, and just how it looked. The credits. Because, when you, because me and Shout you out. in the building, guys, and, and you love reading the credits, and it was fun because when I knew we were doing it, I went and I looked at the credits, and then I was like, "Damn, Irv Gotti produced that! Irv Gotti produced yeah. that!" I'm like, "Holy shit!" Shout DJ out to Skeeter, Irv? right? Then you find out Skeeter's uh, all over this shit. Skeeter, Clark Kent, and Primo had three yeah. joints. Yeah. So let's yeah. get it, let's get it popping. All right, man. Can't knock the hustle, Watson, featuring Mary J. Blige. I want to say off the rip. Mary owned the hook, in my opinion. Hope said, I'm making short-term goals. When the weather falls, I got expensive hoes 
with expensive clothes and I sip fine wine and spit vintage clothes. This is the intro. It's inspired by Scarface, 1983. Omar meets Tony at the dishwashers and all that. Um, this is a hustle experience song to me, Watson. Uh, my pops knew exactly what he did when he made it, when he made me try to get a nut and got a nut and what? <laughs> like, I got the Godfather flow. Three verses, Watson. We do dirt like worms, produce cheese like sperm, till legs spread like germs, man. Listen, he had a Don DeMarco line. This is Lexus GS's music, 96 shit, man. Basically, the start of Jay's career, man. Talk to me, man. Can't knock the hustle featuring Yonkers on Mary J. I got the Godfather flow like Don Juan DeMarco. Swear to God, don't get it fucked up. This was a coup. This was this was the biggest get for Jay-Z to set his album off because you want to be known. You need, like, if you want to make a giant splash, you get the queen of hip-hop soul. Mary yes. J. Blige was absolutely on top of hip-hop R&B. All I need, and he had Mary. He had he had Mary on this. Uh, this song got a lot of airplay. Uh, Hold with his unique hustler flow talk, and this was just a perfect song for radio play and for people who you know. If you want to get people to know who you are, especially females, Mary on the hook is an absolute victory. Yes, Hove, great you know, So W. And then Hope was like, serve like Sampras. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything he said, like, yeah, Hope watches Sampras. You know that. You know that. <laughs> you know yeah. right? So this, yeah. was, this was strong for my Five Mike song. Who? What did you say, nigga? It's a strong four Mike song. Four mics? That's not a diss, man. Nigga, that's not a diss. That's a five mic song, Watson. We ain't doing that today, fam. Oh. Can't knock the hustle on a five mic song. Listen, listen, listen. I like. I remember the when you slide better. with the four. Uh, it's about, it's about. I like the remix better. If you oh, want to give this song, like, come on, come on. If you want to give this song five mics, if this song is five mics, then every song in this album is five mics. This is not even the fifth best song. We shall revisit. We shall revisit if every song is five mics. Let me just say this because I want you because I want you to talk some real shit. This is not even the fifth best song on this album. Okay, this we're not, not doing that. With, see, no, no, no. I'm not going to let you change the narrative if it's the fifth best song. We just stay, stay focused. We're talking about Can't Knock the Hustle. Hold up. Hold up. If Can't Knock the Hustle is a five month song, what the fuck is Brooklyn's finest? Or the evil? Or 22 we, 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 Don't do that. Let's, let's take time. Stay focused. Because it is still five mics. That song is still five mics. With this shit. Like if no, this it's still five mics. Yo, my nigga, if Can't Knock the Hustle five mics, I don't know what the fuck Five Mike says no more. Well, how is Can I Talk about Five Mike? I do not know what Five Mike means. Come on, nigga. You must not know. Be serious now. You be, be serious. serious. What the fuck are you talking about? You be serious. What are you talking so, about? Be serious. So wait a minute. So then, so then, what are we doing this review for? The whole album Five Mike. If Kit Knock the Hustle is Five Mike, according to Three Letterman, then every song on this album is Five Mike. Because this is not even oh, my brother, what did I just tell you a second ago, though, sir? I specifically on, said, nigga. we shall, re but I specifically Jesus said, Christ. sir, we shall no, revisit and see, hold on, we shall revisit every song to see 
what you said. It, every yeah, song like, is five mics. This was like this. What up, gangster? Hold up. We did get rich that time last week. Telling me get back to hustle is what up, gangster, to you. It's a different type of feeling, first of all. Different type of vibe, first of all. You cannot hustle because Jay Z is opening this album with with the album called Excuse Me, Reasonable Doubt. The majority of the album is him talking hustle, talking shit he been through before he decided to get on the MIC. You get what I'm saying? This is a five mic song, in my opinion. My just nigga, is. And I told you, you act like, a, you acting like me saying this song is a five mic song. And I, I bump my motherfucking head. I told you it's a four mic song. And you like, oh, we're not going to do that. This five mic. Nigga, what? Yeah, nigga, like, what the fuck are you talking about? What am I talking about? That can knock the hustle. Yeah, what are you talking about? a five mic song. This is not a five mic song. This is a, it's four a five mic song. song. It's a five mic song. Five mic song. Then let's talk about this. Then let's talk about this. Politics as usual. Five mic song. Let's go politics as usual, man. Politics as usual, sir. As soon as the beat drops... I get the head nod for real, Watson. To me, Ho was swagging on here. And I thought nobody paid attention to this album, like you said, um, a second ago when this album dropped. Um, the stylistics sample, Hurry Up This Way, again song that Ski sampled. I took my Frito to Tito in the district, bless me with some via somethings I could live with, like Ho telling the story of a paranoid hustler, in my opinion, Watson. You see little niggas struggle? You think I love the hustle while I knew we were trying to escape my trouble? Oh, man. You ain't seen money in your life when it comes to this cheese. Y'all like three blind mice. Ain't no stopping the champagne from popping, the drawers from dropping, the law from watching. I hate them. Talk to me, Watson. Politics as usual. Well. Dun, dun, dun. Hustle to a great song. Hustle to a great song. That's it? Yeah, that's it. How much money you giving this song? <laughs> four and a half. Four and a half? I could dig four and a half. I could dig four and a half. I could dig four and a half. Jay-Z featuring Biggie Smalls, Brooklyn's Finest, man. Talk to me, Watson. This is a five-mic song. This is my definition of a five-mic song. So someone asked me, <laughs> it is, no. do you like better? If someone asks me, what songs do you like better? Brooklyn's Finest or Can't Knock the Hustle? If someone says to me, I like Can't Knock the Hustle better than Brooklyn's Finest or Can't Knock the Hustle is as good as Brooklyn's Finest, I said, you, 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 you fucking crap. Now, this yeah. is the definition of a five-mic song. So, people, politics is usual four-and-a-half mics. Brooklyn's <laughs> Finest is a five-mic song. It's hove and big going back and forth, and it's great chemistry, and you know it's two it's it's two of Brooklyn's finest. You know, um, you, I remember you had Gravy and Fab do it. Remember Gravy and Fab did Brooklyn's finest? Oh over? God, this nigga took it back to that. Y'all niggas probably don't know where. Watch, you gotta be a mixtape head. There, watch it. Get your balls off. I like this. I like this talk. Yo, I ain't gonna front though. I didn't like that shit, but go ahead, man. Sorry, Gravy and Fab. I didn't either. I didn't either. Y'all should have left that shit alone, my G's. I'm going to keep it real. Y'all should have left that alone, fam. Gravy and Fab was talking about. Okay, this was a great song. It was an ode to Brooklyn. They literally named out all the blocks, all the avenues, all the hoods. Tell me you didn't love that shit. When niggas say cry heights, nigga, you think I was a height? (sighs) 
it just made it just made um it made you to be proud to be from Brooklyn. It was a Brooklyn anthem. I can tell you in the summer of ninety six they threw this on at Grant's tomb. It's a place where people go mm. in the summertime in New York City. Mm. They threw Brooklyn's finest on and it was like it turned into a block party in Manhattan. It was just and I saw it with my own eyes. I was like, damn. This is a five mic song. Um and I think it's better than Can Knock the Hustle. So to me, <laughs> Can Knock the Hustle does not give me the same feel as Brooklyn. This nigga's not gonna let me you know live Can Knock the Hustle. There's levels to five mic songs. So <laughs> this is a great song. And Biggie and and Hope had great chemistry, and produced by Clark Kent. Shout out Clark Kent. Word. Um, to have Big on here was a great look for Hope. You know what I'm saying? Um, to go back and forth, you know, some Run DMC, EPMD, Smith for Weston, Jada types, Jaden Styles type shit. You know what I'm saying? I felt like they were kind of battling each other, so to speak. I gotta say, man, Big's flow. It's unmatchable on here, man. The biggest verse, man. Keep a cannon in your market cannons. And obviously, if Faye had twins, she probably had two pox. Get it? Two pox. You remember hearing that line for the first time, son? Everything Big said in this was the hip-hop quotable on five mics. Everything. Yeah. Everything both of them said. Like, this is one of the rare ones where every, every four-bar setup, eight-bar setup, whatever they were doing when they were yeah. going back and forth. Sorry, Travis Scott. Every last one of them. You know what I'm saying? Who shot your mob times like Sinatra? Peruvians couldn't do me in. I ain't paid them yet. Trying to push 700, they ain't made them yet. They ain't made them yet. Fourth brick. Fourth brick. two. Niggas by the way call me Igloo. Stick who? Like, this was incredible. Yo, son. Both of them. Both of them. Watson, when Big said... Sprinkle coke on the floor, make it drug related. Make it drug related. Nigga. Come on, man. Like I'm a killer nigga, but how are we gonna get away with it? Oh, sprinkle coke on the floor, and that nigga be like, oh, it's a drug related. Like it's just, it was great. It was great. And listen, when he said trying to push seven hundred, make them yet. He's talking about the bins. He's talking about the F six bins, but it was no F seven. And that was the big body bench that was the hottest car in the street at the time. So you yeah. just had to get what Big was saying, man. You just had to get it. So this was a great – this is – put it this way. This is arguably a lot of people's favorite song on the album because yeah. Big was on it. And at the time, people have to understand, Big was a superstar. Big was the superstar. 96, yeah. This was 96. Yeah. Big had been established. He already had Ready to Die. He already had the Junior Mafia album. Big was, uh, Big was a, Big, Big was a, a superstar at this point. As big a superstar as you could be from New York City. Whole show, I can go verse for verse, bar for bar, and let me show you niggas why I'm Big's favorite rapper. And he showed it. So some niggas still hope got washed, though. You know, a lot of niggas still hope got washed. A lot of niggas. I remember having them no, conversations no, 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 no. with niggas back in the come day. Come on, come on. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. But that doesn't take away I'm from the fact sure. that Hope was fire. That doesn't take away from the fact that Hope was fire. I mean, I know in your heart of hearts, you believe Hope has always been the better MC and lyricist than Biggie. You said that. We've argued. So I understand that. But what I'm saying about this song in particular is this is a great back and forth song where every verse is quotable. And I love Biggs' ad libs. Love Biggs' ad libs on this on this track also, man. 
Five mic joint, man. I love when Big comes in with, when Hov is rhyming. Cajun, blazing. Yeah, I love that part. I love that part. I love that. We just like brothers. Yeah, I feel you on that, brother. I feel you on that. You know what you could tell? You could tell Big listened to it, right? He's like, yo, this shit is fire. So then he went over it, listened to Jay's verses. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. This is why I like when rappers are in the studio together because you come out with a yes, masterpiece. my nigga. You Brooklyn know, like you said, the four-bar setups. Niggas had the four-bar setups. Niggas had the pen and pad. Had to take the pass each other. Like, okay, I'm finished. Your turn now. Let me, let me, let me make it modern. Let me bring in the youth. Sicko mode is by the two biggest rappers of today, Drake and Travis Scott. According to Joe Button, it was the best song of 2008. Let me do this right now. Brooklyn's Finest with Jay-Z and Biggie is a better collaboration of MCs than Sicko Mode. So come on, somebody call me an old head and I'm on. Somebody argue with me that Sicko Mode is better than Brooklyn's Finest. Young boys in the comment section, can you do Sicko Mode better? I appreciated it. I didn't have to come back and put, oh, I didn't appreciate it. When it, I appreciated right. it, I remember. 
I, re- I was listening to it then. I didn't have to wait. It wasn't like I need to go back and listen to Reasonable Doubt. I may have missed something. No. This was my shit. And let me be clear. I bought the maxi single to Dead President when Ain't No Nigga was on the B-side. Nice. And I had, that yep. in, yep. I had that shit at the beginning of the year. And I was yep. playing. And now. And that's when Hove had the classic video with the GS300 Lexus, which was the car of yes. the camera. the white joint. You know what I mean? And Big was in the video, and AZ, and all the niggas. Brooklyn. Brooklyn was, was in that video. Brooklyn was in the video, table. That was, Brooklyn was at yeah. that table. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a... This is this is a perfect song, okay? J-A-Y, no. life, man. I got a good life, man. Like, he was... It was you know, I mean, okay, so this is what makes... Jay-Z better than DMX. And I hate that I have to say it like this. Because, you know, people are like, oh, you're a DMX hater and all this kind of stuff. But you are, when you yeah. listen to Jay-Z's talk flow, DMX does this too. Jay-Z is more wittier than DMX. And Jay-Z has humor. But but keeps just street talk, but keeps the street talk central but can do it with wittiness and humor and complexity that DMX did not do. I'm sorry. DMX did come from the heart. DMX come from the heart, but Hove, Hove was just lyrically more wittier. I don't want to say he's smarter, but he just put his shit together in a, in a unique way, especially when it came to drug talk. All right. Um, listen, I love that president. I think it's a five mic song. Obviously the Nas sample. Um, I dabbled in crazy weight without rap. I was crazy straight. But now I'm still spending money for eighty-eight. How long? Obviously, was, how long? How long do we keep saying that as a whole bar? I actually never stopped saying that. It's around portable. Like, like to this day, day, to this day, that it's is like, portable. Th- th- yes, it's about portable. It is about portable. I'm still spending money for eighty-eight. <laughs> Listen, Meek, has, in fact, this, Meek Mill, Meek Mill even sampled this on um, Champions to respect the game on on his on his um on his album and all that. And obviously, I think this song sparked the greatest, one of the greatest rap beefs in all time, which is Nas and Hov. You made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. You know what I'm saying? And one of my favorite lines from Hov: "To the death of us, me and my confidants, we shine. You feel the ambiance. Y'all niggas just rhyme." By the outs, though, accumulate like snow. We don't shine. We illuminate the whole show. That shit is crazy. Five Mike Song, Watson. Five Mike Song, no question about it. Next song, Feeling It, featuring Mecca, man. Talk to me. First of all, Feeling it. the hook, this is one of the great hooks to me in hip-hop history. This hook by Mecca, is, I love this hook. Yep. I love this hook. Like, love, love, love. Once again, Hove. See, this is why, let me tell you why this album is, um, why Hove, this album means so much to Hove. Hove is not a billionaire. Hove is still not far removed from the streets when they do this album. So he's telling stories that are, like, new it's not yeah. old shit he's telling. He's like giving you '90s whole life where you're like, damn, you really you talking this shit like you really really just stop doing it. Like using them streets, like, making them like, moves, like, like, making them drives and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know feeling it is 
how is he t- like? Hov is telling some of the best stories <laughs> on that maybe I didn't appreciate at the time, but he's clearly telling some of the best street tales um, about being in the in the hustling drug game that you can that that that's that's ever been told on a record. I love mm-hmm. the hook for this song. I love yep. the beat. I love the flow. This is just one of this is one of my this is one of my uh, this is a, a five mic song again, and that's that. This is a five mic song to me. I think Ho's flow is deadly. Drop a lot of tools on here. To all the girls, I bought a Gertie to concern my bricks. No doubt they can vouch my life is real as shit. I'm thorough in every row. Like I just love Ho's flow on here, man. He says, okay, I'm explain getting heated now. Explain to people, huh? tell me, explain to people what that meant to us when he says, I'm thorough in every borough. Like, in all five boroughs, man. Right? Thorough, I'm official, nigga. I'm just not, yeah, I'm but, not Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, Long Island, Staten, Bronx. Y'all know the, yeah, y'all know the yeah. vibes in my T-Rock voice. Y'all know the vibes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, you know, um, for a person not from New York, they might not understand what he was talking about. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Of course, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um. I like when he said, okay, I'm getting weeded now. I know I contradicted myself. I don't need that now. It just worked in the boo and there's nothing to do. Like, host flow is, this is boss music, man. Rick Ross, you like to go on Twitter and say boss up and all that, my nigga. This is boss up music right here, brother. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to front. I keep it tight for all the nights my mama prayed I'd stop. Said she had dreams that snipers hit me with a fatal shot. Those nightmares, man. <laughs> Five mics. Five mics. All right. Ah. Jay Z evils. The floor is yours, sir. So finally, we get to a premier produced song with a Snoop Dogg sample. Save me. And Prodigy. This was a fire DJ Premier beat. And true hardcore whole fans will argue that this is the best song on the album, or they'll say this is their favorite song on the album. Because once again, Hove is weaving his magic and telling the story in Hove fashion. Um,. Uh, this is just a great song, man. I, I, I don't even know. Just, this is just a great like, song. Okay. It's a five mic song. It's a five mic song. I said this is one, one of the best songs of all time. Play this till his day, nigga. Okay. Till his day. Primo is the god. The scratching on here, the sample of Snoop's voice you just talked about, and Prodigy. You know, it's kind of Illuminati talk. You could agree on that, right? Yeah. I mean, we didn't even know Prodigy was talking about <laughs> secret society, trying to keep the eyes on me and all that. You know what I'm saying? The shit is wicked on these mean streets. None of my friends speak. We're all trying to win. But then again, maybe it's for the best, though. Because when they see and you get too much, you know they're trying to get you touched. There's too many quotables. Hold on, let me stop you right quick. Let me on here, man. Too right. many quotables. Just, yeah, Summer, let me stop me. you right here. Talk to me. I was in the street, dude. I wasn't in the streets. And I was never selling drugs, right? How should this album? So I'm I'm loving this album just based on what he's telling and his lyricism. But me personally, I can't relate 
because I've never done the stuff or been in his kind of situations, right? So mm-hmm. if I've never been in those kind of situations, is it will it not mean as much to me as it means to other people when they hear these tales? Um, it, it, so Dan, that's a real quick. I love this kind of talk. I think yeah, I think you could say that in the sense of the the, the hustling niggas when they heard this particular song and those kind of bars. You know what I'm saying? This shit is wicked on these mean streets. None of my friends speak. We're all trying to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, when they hear that shit, like, niggas like, if Benny hears that right now, he's like, ah. It reminds him of the streets when he was in Buffalo. Jeezy hears that. Ah. Remind me when I was in ATL and all that. Pliers and all these other niggas. You know, street niggas and all that. And, yeah, it does, it just, but niggas who would, he would, a nigga like you can appreciate that also because you could picture, you know what time it is. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, you know what's going on in the streets of New York City in the 80s and 90s. You lived it. Regardless if you wasn't involved in this shit, you know what time it was. You were cool with hustling niggas. I know you were. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I think both spectrums, people that live that kind of life would appreciate it. And the people who don't live that life but just him painting a picture or giving us that movie. You know what I'm saying? You could actually, you know, we don't speak, nigga. We all try to do our own thing. We try to win. You us on East 18th, I us on East 19th. We see each other at the fucking clubs. I got a, I got a fire whip. I, you got a fire whip. I got fire. I got money in my pocket. You got money in your pocket. I got jewels on. You got jewels on. I got the flyers check in the city. You got the flyers check in the city. So yeah, I would agree with that, man. Nine to five so, is how you survive. I ain't trying to survive. I'm trying to live it and live it and love it a lot. Yeah, my bad. No, no. I I, I think that was a, a great way you you put that together because. You know, I was listening to when you were like, this is one of the greatest songs of all time. And, and the way you look at it, and to me, it's a five-mic song, but this is not, when I think of the greatest songs in hip-hop history, the first my first thought is not the evil. So that's why, but to you, it's it, it this song goes to one of your greatest songs ever in the hip-hop history. Like, you might put it in top ten or something like that. And to me, my nigga. There's, songs, there's songs on this album that we haven't even gotten to yet. That I right. think are better than this song, so that's why I was just wondering. Wow. I don't know when he says shit like it gets dangerous. Money and power is changing us, and now we're lethal, infected with the evils. Like nigga, that, that <laughs> was taught to that be a present mean... guy all my fucking life. So no, I'm down for whatever. Ain't nothing nice. Man, I got my watch. My bad. Yeah, I'm just uh, no. Nah, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm just. Listen, this is a this is a five mic song, but uh, you have it as one of the greatest songs in hip hop history, and it doesn't like. Let me give. I'll give an example. Jay Z. Maybe no. I wouldn't say of all time. Just in Jay Z's discography of music, it's in my one of my top five songs of Jay Z of all time. Okay. All right. All right. My flesh, right, no I'm, nigga can test. My soul is possessed by the eagles in the form of diamonds and Lexuses. <laughs> Five mics, don't mess with me, man. Um, next, next song, watching two twos, man. Maria Davis, man. Mad Wednesdays. Talk to me. Twenty-two twos. Too much West Coast dick licking. Woo. Shout out to Crooked Eye. Woo. Crooked Eye wanted to know. He wanted to hear me and you talk about right. what we thought about Jay Z saying okay. setting it off like this. So, so I'll okay. say it. We here now. I absolutely, I absolutely loved it. I love I am a Brooklyn, New Yorker who rides for my city, my borough, my coast. 
So there's never any equivocation on my part. I was 100% for East Coast hip-hop. I was 100% for Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas over West Coast hip-hop. That's just how I was. I'm not going to even act like, nah, back then I was trying to be different. I wasn't trying to be different. I felt New York hip-hop was the best hip-hop. I've always felt that. Nothing will ever change on how I feel about that. Um, I feel we influenced everybody since hip-hop was created here. Oh, um, my boys got a field day with you, guys. You can. You have a field day. Um, it's one of my favorite songs on the album now. So I actually like this song better than The Evil. Like, this is really? the song that I yeah, more than the Eagles. Okay. Yeah. All right. And see, and, and the reason why is because I like Jay showcasing his rapping ability. See, this is why I said it's this is where it's different because while he was giving you these hustler talks and talking these street tales, nah, to me it was twenty two tools. You, you broke, nigga. What the fuck you gonna do to me? Like just the way he was rhyming, it was like Jay Z showing. I'm dead nice on the mic, and I'm going to get rapidly, rapidly on you niggas. You know, Saigon gave you the left P, he did 22 tools. Like, he, he took a theme and ran with it. Um, I love 22 tools. And uh, you got to understand, Hove was 100% on Big's side, on the East Coast side, during the East Coast, West Coast beef. This, this, that's a fact. So, me, I appreciated him saying it. And, um... Here's why he said too much West Coast stick licking. Snoop was the god of hip hop during this time, man. Snoop was just a big, he was the biggest rapper. Snoop and Pac. They Over Pac in '96. Oh, okay. They would. They, they would. I would say Pac. Pac. I would say Pac over Big. I would say Pac over Snoop in '96. Why would you don't you think so? That? Why would you say that? Uh, all eyes on me, Dogfather. I don't know. There was no dog father. There was no dog father. The only thing we could judge Snoop on with the chronic doggy style of murder was the case. That's the only Soundtrack. thing we could judge okay. him. That's the only thing we could judge Snoop on. And we could judge him on two of America's most wanted. Yeah, um, he, took, he so, took a layoff, though. He took a, a big layoff for a while, from 96, though. So um, I just thought that when Hove said too Better much, than was wow. Right. I said when, when Hope mm-hmm. said too much West Coast dick licking, he was basically saying the West Coast has such a, a influence and impact on hip hop that we are just following in their footsteps, trying to trying Is to get them. Were, were we following in their footsteps? Yes, yes. To so what you just said. Can you yes. give us the culprits? Yes. I want names of individuals, if you can. You know, since I we're old and our brain fart sometimes. Biggie's first album. Biggie's Big, Big first album. He said it. Biggie himself mm. said it. was a major influence. Like you can't be upset with Snoop's influence. Me and you, me and you, reviewed Doggy Style. Fact. It's one of the greatest albums in hip hop history. That's a super it fact. It changed everything. So yes, it had a major impact on New York hip hop. It 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 was here, and it we played it like we was out there, like we was playing that album like. Like, we lived out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. had swap meets out there and shit. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so, back to 22-2. I, this is one of my favorite songs on this album. I like it better than The Evils. Wow. Five okay. more songs. Um, I would say about this, um, to hear Hope say, that Trump call question, man, can I kick it? You know what I'm saying? Like, he threw that in there and shit. 
I kind of like chuckle. I'm like, all right, oh, you showing tribe, you know, like some love on a low, everybody shouting them out and all that. I would agree with this on on this spectrum of this song. If a nigga told me Jay Z can't rhyme and just on some rhyming shit, I would point them to two two twos over the evils, just on some rhyming shit. You know what I'm saying? To all my brothers, it ain't too late to come together. Cause too much black and too much love equal forever. I don't follow any guidelines because too many niggas ride mine, so I change styles every two many rides. What the fuck? Yo, mine's thinking longevity until I'm 70, living heavenly. Fuck felony after felony. What? Nigga, you're broke. What the fuck are you going to tell me? Ooh. Come on, my nigga. Yeah, if I'm Yo, right. Come on, my nigga. So, so you see, so now, so you do understand why this song, because this was the, the Jay-Z's really rapping, showing you that he's dead nice and it's an effortless nice yeah like it's a, yeah. effortlessly super nice like this was one of my songs i used to go to i used to fast forward to this song you know what i mean yeah. and okay so i have this over the evils now let's go to the next song <laughs> next song mr watson can i live that's what well, before you go this, that is a this. line that is a line that we still say to this day can i live in our vocabulary can i live Damn. okay this to me, can be considered Jay Z's best song ever. What can the I evils wow. mean to okay. you? What the evils mean I love to can you? I live, can, I, can I live mean to me? I love okay. can I live. I understand that, but I'm but I, but I'm trying. I want to put it the way you understand. Right, the right, way right, you right, describe right, the right. evils and how it felt to you, top five mm-hmm. Jay Z song of all time. Can right. I live? Can I live? Top gotcha. five Jay Z song of all time to me. Where I'm from, Can okay. I Live, and then we'll have to find three other songs. But Where I'm from and Can I Live are, are, are going to be in that top five of all time. Uh, DJ Irv! DJ Irvy! Yes, Irv. <laughs> Irv Man, Irv, you really had it. You really contributed to some historic moments in hip-hop. This is one of them. This was great production in your part, Irv. Uh, clearly, behind the boards, you're, you're nice, and I never credit you as a producer. This is a right. this is I love this the horns. Come on, man, wasn't this like some peep out shit? Dun, 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 yeah, dun. it's an Isaac it's an Isaac Hayes song. Oh man, it's an Isaac Hayes um, sample that he took the the look of love song. Yes, yes. Uh, this is one of my. This is one of my favorite songs on the album. That's why I said there's levels to this five months shit. Like a, a brother cannot tell me can the hustle is even sitting at the table with can I live? Can I live is better? Nigga, would you let it go? Better, right? This nigga, better. You know, it gets tedious, so I keep one eye open like keep a one eye open like yes. Can I live? Yeah. And, 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 come on, man, this shit is. Five mics, the highest five mics you can give. Can I live is that song? Mm. I agree, I agree with everything Watson said to keep it moving in, but I love Can I Live. While I'm watching every nigga watching me closely, my shit is butter for the bread. They want to toast me. I keep my head both of them where they're supposed to be. Hoes will get you sidetracked and copy from close feet. Woo! Come on, man. Hoes skating on here, man. Yo, Come the nigga on. said, happy, the, the nigga said, happy to be escaping poverty, however brief. I know this game's out valleys and peaks, 
expectation for dips for particip- participation. We stack tips hardly. Like, yo, I guess you call my lawyer. I know the procedure. Yo, I stepped it up another level. Meditated like a Buddhist. Recruited lieutenants. Recruited <laughs> dreams of getting cream. Let's do this. Ah! No more Big Willie. My game has grown. Prefer you to call me William. William. Yeah, man. Hustle bars. Hustle bars. Hustle bars, man. Hustle bars. Oh, man. Hustle bars. Saying. Like, when people talk this whole shit to me, I'm like, wait a minute. What y'all, what y'all got over can I live? <laughs> like, talk to me, you whole lovers. <laughs> Don't you lost it, people? Don't you talk that American game the whole to me? Yeah. Yeah. That, nigga. I'd rather die enormous than live dormant. Ah, uh, yeah. Shit like that. All right, Watson. Next song, man. Ain't No Nigga featuring Foxy Brown. Brooklyn, talk to me. Salute to Eric Sermon once again, influencing people. It's my, it's my thing. thing. The same beat for It's My Thing. Uh, this was the song that was, this might have been his most successful song off the album. Matter of fact, it was. It, that's a fact. It was. That's a fact. This was a song, this was a song, and I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna give credit to a DJ, to Flex, who played "Ain't No Nigga" every day for about six months. I'm not even gonna lie, like every day for about six months. And he and he tells the story. I had the dead president. They sent me the dead presence, like yo, you gotta hit this Jay Z dead presence. Man, you gotta hit Jay Z, Jay Z. And he said he listened to it, and he was like, ah, it's all right. He flipped it around, pause. Ain't right. no nigga with that chick who was on the Ashtaka remix. Man, listen. This is this is this is a great, great. This first of all, it's a five mic collaboration. It's one of the greatest yes. collaborations between a man and a female on a song. Facts again. And you know, I, I'll take it even step further. This is damn the equivalent to Brooklyn's finest, but different because it's a battle of the sexes. Yes. So it's whole Agree. with a woman. This was Agree. a song. Well, I'm going to give y'all a fact. This song comes on at the Palladium. Daisy's there at mm. the Palladium. Yes, I've seen all that Palladium. Bitches who ran to the store, pushed past him because they didn't even know he was on it. That's how fast this song took off so fast. This song mm. took off before. Remember, this song took off way before Reason the Dog came out. Like, this song yep. was just yep. bubbling, man. It was bubbling. In February, March, April, it was just fire. One of the, one of the biggest tunes in 96. No question about it. Um, listen, what can you say, man? You can you can start recording the lyrics. You know, listen, I don't, not even the lyrics or anything. Watching, I just think. Flow? Wait, wait, yes. Let me say this. Yes. Foxy Brown's flow and delivery on this song are perfect. Foxy Brown does not get credit as a female MC. This is a Foxy was sixteen years old when I been like this. I don't think people realize she was a straight teenager in high school and sounding. Legendary. You listen to that song right now. It's it's a legendary flow. So five my classic song, man. Five my classic song. Agree. And a piggyback on Watson said, um, I think what gets overlooked about this song is flow. Is whole um flow and rhyme scheme. Rhyme scheme. I think. Obviously, whole wrote this verse for Foxy. Um, but Foxy still came through, man. I love. I mean, fuck the Reebok broads. You made it known who your wife was. Yeah, man. You be killing me playing inside my pubic hairs. Got more black chicks between my seats and essence. Talk that shit, old man. Yeah, man. That's ain't no nigga, man. Next song, Watson. Friend or foe, man. State your biz. So, shout to my man Rick. 
every time I talk, every so everybody who knows me knows I talk hip hop all day. I'm the nigga when you see me, let's talk rap. It's that simple. You talk rap, you talk sports, you talk about shorties. That's it. Shorties, rap, sports. That's so those are the three things when you see me. So my man Rick, friend of foe. Do you know how nice Jay Z is? Yo, my man. He made me listen to Friend of Foe to understand that Jay-Z was the nicest nigga in hip-hop. Mind you, everybody's alive. Big is alive. Uh, Pac is alive. Like, everybody. He was forcing me to listen to Friend of Foe and acknowledge nobody's nicer than Hope. And he, and he would rap to me. I was like, yo, I don't know nobody who can memorize Friend of Foe. Friend of Foe, state the biz. Oh, you ain't know? Yo, the way he dropped it, I was like, damn, this song is more creative. This is yes. the song that mastered the talk, the talk rap flow that DMX does, but Hope does it better. And that's fucking y'all up, but Friend of Foe is the proof of it. Friend of Foe is the proof of it. Remember when Pete was watching when he shot a video for how this shit went down? And you can actually this see money him rapping to a team. To a team. Yo, yeah. Yo, this, this song right here it's, I, I don't even know how to explain it, man. It's it's Because, it's, first of all, it sounds like no other song in the album. He's using a different rhyme pattern, flow, talkative yep. style shit. And once again, he captures the streets. This is a... Um, and then, Primo. Primo produced this, right? Yes. Yes, sir. There you have it, man. Uh, this is another five mic song for Agreed. so many different reasons. For so many different reasons. Listen, man. The horns by Primo, the cockiness in host flow, basically running up on niggas for the work, storytelling. <laughs> you can picture the whole fucking heist going down, my niggas. Niggas coming to the whole city to hustle and set up shop in the telly. No, nigga, that's not going down. This is pure greatness, Watson. It's out of my hands. You getting money around here? It's not in the plans. So hop your ass out of that van. Head back to Kansas, nigga. The nigga said, you twitching. Don't do that. You're making me nervous. My crew, well, they do pack. Them dudes is murderers. So please, would you put your hands back in, son? They don't like to see me nervous. You can understand that, right? <laughs> Yo, you know what? I'm going to tell you what Hope did. Woo! I'm going to tell you what Hope did. I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you what Hope did on this song because now that we said yes. He, like, talk rapped it, right? And that's what Royce did on the Book of Ryan on some songs, where he was just, like, when he was telling his mm-hmm. stories, but he, like, talked it and rhymed yeah. at the same time. Hove did that 23 years ago on Friend of Foe. Yeah. yeah. Like, did 23 years ago, he did, he did what Royce did on Book of Ryan, but he did it 23 years ago, was telling the Hustler Street Tale. This did is you a song that... better be Picasso... You know the best. Oh, yo, if you draw it, yo, my man, that was, that was, that was, that was, Uh, that was genius, man. That was genius hold right there, man. That was genius hold, man. Genius. Let's let's get moving. We got a couple minutes here. Um, Next song, Coming of Age, featuring Memphis Bleak. Watch it. Talk to me, man. Coming of Age. Memphis Bleak is introduced to the world. This is the third collaboration on side B, because, you know, we got to flip the tape around. (laughs) And dope, dope song, man. This is a dope song. Memphis Bleak has a a standout voice 
and Mike presence, and he tells, and he's a young boy too, man. How old was Bleak doing this? Like fifteen? Was it Bleak like sixteen? Like, yeah, sixteen, boy, I think. Yeah, yeah like Foxy, man. Yeah. Young, young gunners. <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, so re- this is a real good song. Um, I'm giving it a strong four and a half. Strong, uh, strong four and a half, and I I, I like the song. Uh, so you know that's what I'm gonna say. You 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 give your interpretation of it. I got a strong five mic song, and let me tell you why, Watson. Buckle up for this, man. First of all, the pianos on here is fucking ridiculous, man. Who wrote this whole fucking song? The nigga gave Bleak a fucking verse and said, "Hey, little nigga, I want you to say this and that." Ho was the big dog on the block. Bleak was hustling his little nicks and dimes and tray bags. Ho said he likes the way I walk. He sees my money talking, the honey talking. I'm the hottest nigga in New York. And like, come on, son. Ho said he seen a little nigga in him when he was a shorty. I would put him on and, you know, get him fresh kicks, put some jewels on his neck and all that. And Bleak said, I'm selling eight, eight balls, 16, trying to graduate to pushing quarters, y'all. Like... Bleak was a block nigga. Hope been graduated from the block. He seen Bleak out here in the streets, getting his one, two, running on the block, you know, serving the fiends and all that. And then when Hope steps to Bleak about joining the organization, the back and forth is fucking dope, my nigga. I ain't gonna hold you. Ha ha, I like your style. Nah, I like your style. Let's drive around. Oh wow, cool nigga. Here's a thou. A G? I ride with you for free. I want the long term bitches and bitches. And Bleak and Ho basically telling us how they connected, man. This is a dope 2 a.m. on the Highway Music song, man. Jay giving Bleak free game. I love the hook, Watson. Dope song, man. Five mics, man. Um, next song, man. Cashman Thoughts, man. Talk to me. So remember what I said about 22 Tools? I said if you want to just hear a song where Jay-Z is just showing his rhyming ability, Cashman yes. Thoughts to me is another one. Is That's another song. I'll just say, yo, this is to this how this nigga rhymes. Just, just, okay. just his ability to rap. That's what Cashmere Thoughts is to me. Strip down beat, where Hov is just highlighting the many, many different rhyme patterns and rhyme styles he has. I fuck with this song, Hard Body, man. This is a personal pop mic song to me. Just because, like I said, it, it did for me with 22 tunes. It, it just, he just wrote this beat and just, like, you know how you said whole swag that made it effortless? It was like rap was easy to him. And here's the thing people keep forgetting about Hove. 96 Hove was not new to rapping. Hove been rapping. Hove was yes. rapping in the 80s, in the early 90s. He was oh, there. Man. He was there rapping. So by 96, he had, he had refined his flow. Because, you know, we knew him as a dude who rapped real fast. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He completely harnessed his uh, MC ability. And Cashmere Thoughts is one of those songs that I just felt Hovey just was showing you how nice he was. Would you agree with this, Watson? Like, when people talk about reasonable doubt, that's not a, like everything you're saying about Cashmere Thoughts. Do you think a lot of people feel the same way we feel? Like, I don't think that's a song people always talk about when they talk about reasonable doubt is Cashmere Thoughts. They don't. They don't. They don't go to the song, and, and and it's understandable. Think about it. You got Mary J. Blige, you got Big. Those are, you know, Nas likes to get at home when he says, "My first LP had no famous guest appearances." Well, yeah. because I had, 
very famous guest appearances. Mary yeah. J. Blige and Big, who at the time was the king of the best rapper, well, you know, one of the most relevant rappers in the East Coast, and Mary so. J. Blige created R&B. So people sleep on Cashmere Thoughts. I'm telling you right now, revisit Cashmere Thoughts and listen to what Hope is saying. Right now. Comment, boys. Go to that song. That's <laughs> I to love. Go to Cashmere Thoughts yeah. and hear how he's rhyming, what he's rhyming about, and you're going to hear that Hope is an MC's MC. He's an MC's MC. I thought Hope was coasting on his joint, Watson. Niggas try to front on yeah. this. But Hope's flow and delivery was A-plus on here, man. I talk Jews and spit diamonds, all cherry like Hyman when I'm rhyming with remarkable timing. What he said, Errol Flynn, hot like heroin. I keep it thorough when I, when you got pumps through your burrow in. Like, I don't know, man. The proper etiquette when I drop the subject verb and the predicate off this rich nigga rhetoric. Like, always. Come on, my man. Come on, my oh, man. This is what I'm talking about. Shit, man. Coasted. He was coasted. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. This is one of those songs where right. you don't think I can rap? Okay. Yeah. Next song, Watson. Bring it on. Featuring Source Money and Jazz. Oh, my nigga. Big Jazz, as he called himself during the album. Yeah, Big Jazz. Yeah, sure. Big Jazz. Well, Big Jazz produced Ain't No Nigga. Um, one yes. thing you could tell us, Hove, when Hove made his first album, he gave Big he gave Jazzo production, and he put Jazzo on the album. So you could tell that Hove knew he could come out with his first album and not have Jazzo on. It's just it's literally not possible. Unconstitutional. Based on it, word up, there's just, just, just no way that he could do it. Primo gave him a fire beat. This is Sauce Motherfucking. Facts. We call him Fat Man Sauce Money. Uh, this is a dope song. Uh, three Brooklyn dudes, uh, mm-hmm. all from, two for Marcy, Sauce, later on came to Marcy. Um, I like this song. The strong, strong four, four mic song. I would agree with four mics. I would agree with that. I would totally agree with that. Um, like you said, Premier did the beat, the Fat Joe sample was dope and all that. Um, very underrated song. Sauce Money sets it off. I thought Sauce Money had an A-plus verse. Um, I love when Sauce said, street knowledge amazes the scholars. When we coin phrases for dollars. I just love that line for some reason by Sauce Money. Um, I thought Hove wrote this beat. I love all the mob movie references from Hove. I cream, I diamond gleam, I post like I keem. I, I, I just love how Hove was fucking doing the wordplay on that shit, man. You know one thing, um, you know, Hove loves, Hove loves basketball. He doesn't Kind of turn away when Tony killed Manolo. That's real. Mixed feelings like a mulatto. Dog thought he was OG Bobby Johnson. I played him like Benny Blanco, Mano, Mano. Due to you know knowledge. What I'm so due to a few dollars, I'm due to demolish. Cruise Brooklyn through Hollis to a hood near you. What the fuck? Carbitos. Carbitos. Like, you know, you don't even got to say the movie's name. He's telling you. Yeah. The characters in the movies, and it's up to you to know what he's talking about. Of course, I knew because I'm a movie head. 
But yeah, man, this is a dope song, man. Dope, dope song. I really want to know exactly. how him and Primo came together with this. Like, what do you say, your Primo? I'm, I got two of my boys on here. We're gonna do like I, I would like to right? know behind the scenes that conversation, this, right? This, 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 but that's us nerds. Only mean you care about shit like that. <laughs> Only mean you care about shit like that. Yeah, that's why when people interview you, you actually ask yeah. questions like this. You don't say, so um, what do you think about uh, Sicko Mode and Travis Scott and Kylie Jenner? You're not going to ask that question. Nah, okay. man. Yo, hopefully I have a line, though. I am 2.2 pounds. You're barely 100 and, 125 grams. Wouldn't expect y'all to understand this money. Like, ah. And I don't want to front on Jazzo's verse also. He had a dope verse and all, on all that. But I agree with Watson. Four mics. Um, so let me just say this. This is, okay. this is once okay. again another song that people never reference when they talk about Reason Without. They never really Agreed reference also. Judgment. Like, uh, let's be real. They don't reference the last three songs really hard body. They That's just true. don't. That's they true. just don't. They That's just true. act like the album stops. You know, and I guess yeah. it's because y'all got to see whatever, but the album doesn't stop. It keeps going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah it's a fact. Um, next song, my brother, Regrets. Talk to me now. This, so Hove has been doing introspection since Reasonable Doubt. That's why when me and you were talking about, um, when me and you were talking about 444, and you was like, I, and everybody's like, oh, this is mature Hove. And this is like, it bothered me so much. I'm like, yo, have y'all not listened to Jay-Z? Jay-Z's right. always been, been introspective. His most powerful introspective songs have been on his first two albums. This album in volume one. With yeah. Lucky Me, You Must Love Me, man. Come on. This is a you know, powerful introspective song. Um, I'm not too happy with the beat, but his lyricism overpowered it, man. I can oh, I agree God. with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, a hustler scripture to me, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kashi six nine. I wish you to listen to this song. Um, neither here nor there. Um, I thought Hope's third verse. You know, a lot of you niggas don't know about third three verses. Me and Watson from the era when our rappers favorite rappers would drop three verses. Um, his first third verse about his man's who died in a car accident, living with regrets. Um, Ski, like Watson said, you did justice on this. Some of the beats on this album. This ain't niggas' favorite beats on it, but Hope's lyrics does overpower that man. So yeah, man. Reasonable motherfucking doubt, watching. So, 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 let me give you my overall. Reasonable doubt is a five mic album. There's no question. Basically, every song we said was five mics. I only gave three songs four mics, and one of them right. was "Can't Knock the Hustle," and 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 and, and <laughs> thought I lost my mind by saying it. But what I was trying to say was, once we start talking about this album, you're going to hear. Right. Like when I go to Reasonable Doubt, man, I I don't you know. Okay, so let me say this. This a remix for Can't Knock the Hustle, and I like it better than the original. How about that? I love um, the remix for Can't Knock the Hustle. All right, let me ask you this. Remember now, hold on. There was Can I Live Part 2, though, on here. With Bleak and Hove. Yes. Should they have left it I like it. I like the beat, though, but, you know. I like it. Four mics. Oh. Give four mics. Overall, yeah. this is a five album. This is this is the album. That, it did not. It's not um, dated either. It does not sound dated. It does not sound dated. I gotta say that. So let I me let me that. let me um let me let me say this. Dear people, stop saying albums sound dated. 
Stop I know you don't like that sauce. Reason, I know you hate that sauce. Why, I know you hate that sauce. Why you, let me tell you why y'all have to stop saying that. Because if somebody comes out with an album during when the president of Obama is... So no, for, no, I'll give an example. I'm going with it. AZ, some of the best hip-hop songs from New York City in the 90s, Giuliani was our mayor, and everybody talked about him. I could easily say... Yo, man, AZ, Sugar Hill, Sound Daily, man. Giuliani got my mind, soul, and my body. Pataki got all kind of undercovers on top of me. That sounds dated, but it's not. The music was in. So you can't be like something from history sounds dated. Was you upset when uh, AZ talked about Pataki and Giuliani? Uh, so, no. so my point is, so, so my thing is, um, this is a five mic album. This whole first album, mm-hmm. strong, strong five mics. The source once again, because they didn't know what the fuck was going on, uh, did not give it five mics. And the source has made so many mistakes. At the time, no. At the time, no. I can understand. At the time, no. The as big as Jay Z fan I am, Watson, I can understand. At the time, them not giving this album five mics. At the time. Okay. All right. You don't think so at the time, though? I think the, the greatest measure of hip-hop albums is when they come out and you respect it as a craft. Like what did Jay-Z have? So let me ask you something. Jay-Z had to become a billionaire and become the biggest rapper with longevity before they would revisit it. He had to go six summers in a row, and then they were like, oh, shit, we, 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 we better go back to Reasonable Doubt. You know, and, and Jay-Z had to basically do a verbal campaign. I should have got five mics. The source better get right. up. He you know, that went like, triple, man. And then, and then the source was like, we made a mistake. Here's your five mics. But let's say Jay-Z didn't, you know, fell off after three albums or whatever. Would they come back and they'd be like, yo, this five mics, if he started putting out, like, lukewarm albums and non-successful albums, would they have come back to Reasonable Doubt and said, you know what, this is five mics. So me, I believe in giving albums the credit they deserve when they come out. Don't be like, oh, I don't know if this is dope or not. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's my take on it. Reasonable Doubt, five mic album. Top three Jay-Z um, albums. Top three Jay-Z albums. If you name your top three Jay-Z albums, Reasonable yeah. Doubt has to be in your top three. It has to be. I would say be. top two. You agree with that. Okay. We, okay. We, all right, top two. Will you agree with that? Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Okay. Not a shadow of a doubt, my nigga. Without a shadow of a doubt. But in '96, was it sitting at the table with Pac, Ghostface? In terms Fuji? of sales, here's the thing. In terms of sales, it wasn't sitting at the table with anything. Let, let's Agreed. break this down so people understand. When this album came out, it sold 44,000 copies the first week. In that time, that was nothing. That was nothing. Everybody compared to God. Nas was double platinum. Nas blew Fuji's, nigga. Fuji's. If we did sales talk, if we did sales talk compared, it was Fuji's, nigga. If we do sales talk, is the Fuji's thing we gonna do? If we doing sales talk, I'm, but I'm just saying, him and Nas came out. They both came out. They both came out. They both came out in June 22nd, and Nas blew him out the water. It wasn't even comparison in terms of commercial sales success and sales talk. Nas destroyed Jay. It was like you couldn't even argue that. And me and you both know we was anticipating it was written more than reasonable. I was. Can we tell of everybody course. that? By far. Can we let the world know? Twice on we Sunday. Twice on Sunday. Brooklyn dudes. Twice on Sunday. We was Brooklyn dudes. 
we wanted to hear it was written before reasonable doubt. Twice on Sunday. Right? Okay. Twice on Let Sunday. them know that. Let them know that. Twice on Sunday. That's a fact. Like, you got to look at the time period, the time stamps of what is talking about. Like, at that particular time in 96, Nas is coming off the heels of Illmatic. Jay wasn't bubbling at all when Illmatic dropped. Sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I wasn't no Jay-Z fan when he's an original flavor. Let me say that also. I know you Jay-Z niggas love the front. Like, you always love Hove. I don't do that. I love Hove, yeah, but I'm not going to sit and act like I was listening to Hawaiian Sophie hard body like that when I listen to Red Man and EPMP and all that shit. No, I wasn't. Keeping it 100. Take it even more 100. Jay-Z didn't even stand out to you in the early 90s. And you heard him and he was here. No. And he didn't even hey. stand out. Okay. No. Okay. And, and let me keep it note. extra funky. I've said this before. Nigga, I was playing the Swing the Hustle in 96 religiously. I'm not saying it's better than a reasonable without. I'm just saying Bro, if I gotta go broken language, ain't no nigga. I'm going broken language. If I gotta go broken language, dead president, I'm going Brooklyn, Brooklyn language. Or broken language, pardon me. It's a broken language. Broken language. Now, I don't niggas think I'm crazy listen, saying that, you know. Niggas gonna think no, I'm way listen, off. No, no, no one's gonna think. No, no one's gonna think you crazy for saying that. It's just in hindsight. It's, it's, see, that's the thing about Jay Z. It is hard to discuss Jay Z now because he's the. He's the most successful yes. rapper in history. He's yes. the most successful rapper in history. So if we talk about a time period where he was out moving in these streets, hard body, going to stretch Armstrong about Beto, Rahman with natural elements. Like, this is the type Big of L. thing he was doing. And, um, yeah, rapping with Big L. When me and you was like, Big L's watching this dude. Like, we felt that way. Mm-hmm. We liked Big yeah. L better than we did. in 95. We did. In 95. We thought Big L was nice. That's a fact. You know I like Big L way more than over 94, 95. Yeah, come on, man. I'm just and, and I like a lot of niggas more than Hov. She rocks so, the CLC. So I mean, CL Smooth. I like mad niggas more than over 94. Yeah. Every, Grand Pooba, everybody. And here Grand Pooba, yeah. Hov was out. We heard him. He was here. I can't give it that. Black I remember seeing that. I remember his Buckshot first song. Shorty. I listen, let's, let's be real. I even like Shaheen better when they did that song. This nigga said Shaheem. I did buy Shaheem, a.k.a. The Rugged Child. I bought his first album. Yeah. Yeah. On and on. Man, like, so, yeah. so the thing is, so, so that just goes to show you how far Jay-Z has come. Jay-Z grinded in the 90s. I'm talking about grinded pause to get to reasonable doubt. Like, this was hard. One thing, one thing that's underlooked also, though, Hope came into the game not broke. And I say that because a lot of rappers, he came into the game with money. I think that's, that's I mean, not to do the money talk. I don't really like doing that, but I'm saying as a rapper that's coming to the game, what's the time you coming to the game? Here's how you not, know. Here's you know what I'm saying? Know. Here's how you know Hope has money. Then there's no question about it. Hope was pushing Beamers in 89, and Hope had the Dookie Gold Ropes in 89. There's no way you can have that without having money as a as a as a eighteen, nineteen year old. Like what what job you got? You dropped out of high school. How how you getting money like this? Hove was getting mm-hmm. money. There's no debate about that. Any time period you look at him, when you see the four finger ring, when you see that dookie go rope, man, that he was getting it. You know what I'm saying? Can, can, can we agree that. that Kane can we agree that Kane birthed Hove? I know Jazzo gets a lot of props, but can we throw Kane in there also? Um, I just believe that Kane was the pop, the number one Brooklyn rapper at the time, and Hope knew him. 
I'm going to say everybody during that ever birthed him. For example, you said it. When he said, yo, y'all remember that child called Quest shit? Let's keep it real. Mm-hmm. We was fucking with Q-Tip and Fife more than Hove in the early 90s. And Hove was out. Yeah, we knew Hove was out. We liked, we liked Fife and Q-Tip better. And I like, I like the fact more. that Hove said, I like the fact that Hove said on 22-2 to set it off, um, that tribe shit. Y'all remember that tribe yeah. shit? Can I? Can yep. So that's just, that's yep. just goes to show you. Like, Hove, you like that song? You know what I'm saying? Yo, that's just goes Hove, Hove, Hove for years, Hove for years trying to tell us that he likes certain people that We'd be surprised, like when when Hovis did Fall on Blaze remix with with MOP, that fucked my head up. I'm like, wow, who got a Hovis on a song with MOP? That's wild. I thought it was dope. You know what I'm saying? He talking about common sense, Talib Kweli, G Rap. Like he's always trying to enter us. Like, yo, I got a little, you know, if you want to back back talk with niggas trying to be him. Exposed how much he loves G Rap when he said, "Hear me, Ram." It's like G Rap in his corner. G Rap in his corner. What that meant with Hov Hov Hov. To say that, what did Hope mean when he said that? Hear me rhyme is like G Rap in his prime. What is Hope saying about himself? He he, he knows that G Rap is one of the forefathers, man. He knows that. He knows that. So that's what I'm saying. Because I think Hope, niggas love Rakim and KRS, but I'm saying to say G Rap's I'm, I'm glad he put that together and threw G Rap in there, to be honest. I'm going to keep it on it. Say Hope say that, then a lot to me. If you notice know Big Pun, on Black Albums. Big Pun, Nas, Prodigy, all go to G-Rap. Like, you know, he just wanted to do that. They yeah. didn't have commercial success. But in terms of his influence, second to none. But uh, Reasonable Doubt, Five Mike album, no question about it. Um, and it's and, – and here's the – okay, so this is what I want to ask you. Why is it still not his? How come people don't run back when Hope got super popular and go buy Reasonable Doubt? Like, I think because that was too raw for niggas. It was too raw for, for niggas and shit, for certain niggas. And they're not used to, and they're not used to that kind change. of hope. He changed, obviously. Yeah. Right. They're not used to that kind of hope. He's removed and from that. that. Yeah, he's removed from that. And that is why That's I love right. Benny's song, 97 Hope. Because I told you, I consider 97 Hope. When he says 97 Hope, it's reasonable doubt. I don't know if I agree with 97 Hope, man. Huh? I just think it's reasonable. I, I think, in my opinion, I think Benny should have named that song 96 Hope, man. No, no, and the more I listen to this shit, you know why ninety seven hole was better because he had everything by ninety seven. You, if you say ninety six hole, he's so new we don't know. He don't, he don't have the body of work yet. But by ninety seven, we already had the reasonable doubt catalog, and we had all that fire shit he was doing. So, and Melody was still street hole then. So that's why I understand when he goes ninety seven hole because that's before, you know, he became. Yeah. Who he is now. That's what it is, man. Our Jay-Z Reasonable Doubt, re- revisiting Reasonable Doubt. Watson, take us home, my guy. P-S-A Hip Hop, the home of Trey Young. Oh. Get out of here, man. P-S-A Hip Hop, I know niggas saying we do NBA talk. I'm going to see if we can do some shit tonight or tomorrow. We definitely do NBA talk, man. That's what it is, man. PSA motherfucking hip hop. Really, in the back, it's your boy Steven Watson, man. Yeah. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.